Arts Report for August 27th, 2014. Tonight on the show, we are celebrating the release of the new pornographers Brill Bruisers with a very special guest, guitarist Todd Fancy. We're going to have a great chat about his career over the years and play lots of music, so stay with us. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Arts Report. I'm your host for tonight, Sarah Lapsley. It's getting towards the end of summer, and we've got a lot of great stuff coming up in early fall, which I'm going to tell you about. And I'm here with Todd Fancy from the New Pornographers, and I'm going to turn him on right now. Hi, Todd. Hi. I'm just going to ask you to speak a little bit closer to the mic. Testing. Good. Great. Thank you. And... We've got a listener, a very dedicated listener in Brazil, Leonardo. So could you say hello to him? Hi, Leonardo. Hi. That, that was fun. So, Hope there's no giant spiders in, in your shower. <laughs> Have you been to Brazil, Todd? No. But are there giant spiders in Brazil? Um, I think below the equator, you're pretty much in spider country anywhere you go. <laughs> spider country, yeah. There's crystals there. I know that. Giant crystals. And I hope to visit someday. Um, and so thanks again, Leonardo, for listening every week. So, yeah, the new album from the New Pornographers came out on Monday, August 25th. And so Todd's here to just talk about music, what the New Pornographers are going to be doing in the next little while. Um, and, yeah, so I don't know. Why don't we start from the beginning? Okay. Um, at the beginning of the, the band? Of your life in oh. Halifax. Were you born in, in Halifax? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not in Halifax, though, right? Yes, I was. I was born in a hospital in Halifax. Okay, and then, and then you grew up in Dartmouth. Yeah, Dartmouth and a couple other Kingston, Ontario, and a little bit of Montreal. And so then, but you went back to Dartmouth after that. Yeah, and then out here. Okay. And eventually met up with the new pornographers. Okay, so but like thinking back to being a teenager. How did you get into music? Uh, well, my dad, you know, I mean, just like everybody, you're playing, your parents are playing records, and 
my dad sang and played guitar, sings, he still sings and plays guitar really well. And so it was always around. Yeah. And the fancies are a big family, aren't they? From Nova Scotia. Uh, big? I don't know. I don't or, know. Wasn't there quite a few in, in the Maritimes fancies? Yeah. You're smiling. Yeah. No, there's it's more of a bit more of a common name there, but I've got an email before. I've got an, an, at least one email from a guy named Todd Fancy. That's the age of the internet for us. Like, I think he lives in, I think he lives in the south in the states or Australia or something. But it was kind of funny. He just touched base and said, "Hey, I have the same name as you." <laughs> but I bet he's not as hot or no, cool as you. No, that's don't go that way. Okay. Okay. Next. Okay. We're just we're having a lot of fun here. It's we've got some mood lighting happening. Um, so your dad played guitar. What kind of music did your parents listen to? Um, old country, basically, which I love. I still love. I listen to it all the time. Charlie Pride and, uh, Chris Christopherson and all those guys, you know, even Neil Diamond and all those guys with amazing voices. And did your dad give you your first guitar? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they bought me an electric guitar and an amp. And so... Yeah, you... 65 bucks. Wow. And then, yet you got into metal. You sort of started liking country. How did the metal thing happen? Oh, that's for my cousin, Kevin. He just basically started getting us into Van Halen and then Black Sabbath. And Ozzy was, you know, was like a lot of people at that time was huge. And Ozzy solo albums with Randy Rhodes. Those were juggernauts, metal juggernauts that were actually really well produced and amazingly British in their superior songwriting. And it's a pretty incredible couple of records there. Yeah. So, and then, you know, Sabbath Seat, see, me and my friends were kind of into things that were kind of already gone by the time we were in our prime, if you will, like 15, 16 years old. Um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Like, we were kind of the hand-me-down generation. Like, we were like, well, if we need good rock, we're pretty much going to have to go back to Zeppelin and Sabbath and all those kind of, and, you know, in the 60s, too. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I don't know. We didn't really have our own. We had some of our own metal bands, of course, but they're... They weren't like, I guess they weren't on that scale. And I think you had a band in high school. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah. We were. I was in lots of bands back then. Just mostly, we mostly would just play covers, though. Right. Yeah, just mostly covers. I mean, sometimes it was hard to find a good singer. Right. You didn't sing back then. No, I. I and nor could I have been able to sing those metal songs. Like those are those people who could sing those songs are like one in a billion. Mm-hmm. But you, you know you became quite an accomplished metal guitar player. And we talked about playing... Not, not, not so much. Only rhythm. I'm too lazy to play all the solos, to you, learn them all. You've played some solos in my presence. No, but not like... We're going to no. play some Aussie later, and I've heard you do an Aussie solo. No, I can't. No, this is that's Randy Rhodes. He's the master. He is. Well, um, you kind of got into obscure British metal. Um, well, that's, yeah, when I was saying that earlier, like, we didn't really have our own metal bands, I re- kind of started to realize, wait a minute, that's not true, because we did have, it was still, we were a little bit too late, though, that's the thing, but you had the late, very late 70s, very early 80s, it's the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, I was just talking to this guy who plays in a band, Dirty Radio, and he had this, he has this, this shirt on, and it said, new wave of British heavy metal, and he, he was vaguely familiar with it, but he's probably too young. But uh, that reminded me of it. It's like, so we had Angel Witch, the Aussie albums were in there, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Saxon, Tigers of Pantang, 
witch finder general witch find as well and uh it's a pretty cool scene because they were like it's very low production the the playing is kind of questionable sometimes like they sort of have these junkyard drum kits but i think the thing that made it great was they were british that's my opinion like i think they just have this extra little thing in the air or something or in their history or whatever so these bands were like they had these tiny budgets and they made these metal records and everybody else was into punk and all the intelligentsia and everything is all you know punk 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 so cool these guys were in a way i feel like they were more punk because they were so ridiculous in what they were singing about and it was so obviously never going to be commercial except for a few bands did come out of that like iron maiden and def leppard was also part of that new wave of british heavy metal but it went sort of horribly wrong pretty quick and got too commercial Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I've heard a bit of maybe Witch Find, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is, I don't know this stuff. So we, we just, you know, we're here to just enjoy the music. That's the favorite music of Todd Fancy. So we're going to play a song by Angel Witch, posted by Wolfgang von Poser Kila. Uh, so what year is this, Angel Witch? That, Angel should, that should be 80, 1980, 1980, I believe. Yeah, it's probably recorded in 79. I'm not sure exactly when it was released, but... It's probably 80. Okay, so I don't know what to expect, but you're listening... I hope I'm not wrong about that. (laughs) You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Arts Report. We're here with Todd Fancy from The New Pornographers. We're going to play one of his favorite songs from his teenage years. This is Angel Witch, Angel of Death. Death. 
The 12th edition of the Latin American Film Festival is taking place from August 28th to September 7th. More than 70 films from all over Latin America will be screened over the 11 days, with Chile as the spotlight country. For more information, visit VLAFF.org. Hi, we're back on the Arts Report with Todd Fancy from The New Pornographer. So we just listened to some British heavy metal from around 1980, Angel Witch, and the song is called Angel of Death. So Todd grew up in the Maritimes, and actually you, did you go to high school with Andrew Scott from Sloan? Oh, summer school. Okay. Summer school. Andrew's a great guy, and Sloan are great. Um, Met them a few times over the years. After that, because I knew Andrew in summer school and then we hang out a few times hung out a few times and then i would see him uh because he was dj at the club at some club that was i don't even remember the name of it anymore but some place in the basement and uh and then i left halifax and then sloan got really big and halifax became the place to be it was like kind of the wrong city to leave <laughs> but that's okay um Halifax is cool. I was there this year for a conference, and I went by the Kyber. Did you ever go to the Kyber? No, it's kind know. of a nightclub where they had rock shows. Joel mm-hmm. Plaskett wrote a song about it. I think Vancouver's the place to be. Obviously, it, it was because you ended up doing well in music. Um, and so first, you got involved in a band called Taste of Joy. And yeah, yeah, and then through them I met. Then I met Kurt and Ryan when we were on tour in Hamilton. And and so then after that, I kind of got to know those guys, Kurt and Ryan from all kinds of cool bands, of course. And when Ryan has the Mounties now, which is really interesting, interesting recordings. Um, but I met them, and then let me see. I guess I guess yeah. Eventually, I, and I got uh, recruited to play bass in Limlifter, which was for a couple of years, which was fun, and involved in a, involved in the second Limlifter record, which is a really good record. Mm-hmm. And you did did you tour with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Ryan's still doing limb lifter, is that right? Yeah, he's he's doing a lot of things. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah, both of them do. So the Dahl brothers, Kurt and Ryan Dahl, grew up in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, started a band that got popular in Canada, The Age of Electric. Mm-hmm. They had some hits. Mm-hmm. And they from did there, very well. Yeah, they did very well. They've got some great songs mm-hmm. and some great videos. Yeah. And then from then... Kurt and Ryan formed Limb Lifter. You joined. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anything else to say about that? How did you find Vancouver? Did you like it? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's paradise compared to the Maritimes. Yeah. Like, you know, much longer summers and shorter winters and you know, the mountains and everything. So you have some things to look at out here. There, it's not as sort of much of, uh, not a lot of nice views to go check out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like nature, don't you? Mm-hmm. There are beautiful walks here. Yeah, um, so Limlifter's still going, I think, but one of the songs that is my favorite, and I think that it be kind of kind of became a hit or charted in mm-hmm. Canada, was um, Wake Up to the Sun. Now, I really, this is a great video, and I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I won't talk about it. I'll just say watch it because it's a really fun watch. Anything else to say about Limb Lifter? Great songwriting. Yeah, definitely. Great songwriting. Always, always great songwriting. Great production Ryan. values on it oh, as yeah. well. Or Ryan Dahl and with Kurt and the Limb Lifter records too. They've, they've got, they have really good ears. Like they have amazing 
musical ears. They do, yeah, like the the the, the pitch and stuff. Yeah, it's just and just hearing on. things that are, hearing things like why you know why is that in there? Oh yeah, why is that in there? Yeah. Or why isn't that in there? Yeah. Usually, usually the other way around, but. Yeah. No, they're blessed for sure. So we'll be talking a little bit more about Kurt in a bit. So here's Limlifter, Wake Up to the Sun on CITR 101.9 FM.
Hi, we're back with Todd Fancy, the guitar player from the New Pornographers. So we were just talking about Limb Lifter. After he moved out to Vancouver, he joined Limb Lifter as the bass player, and you were with them for about two years. And and what year would that have been? Where are we now? In the oh no, it was like two thousand. Okay, and so when and so you were with them till two thousand and two. No, no, until uh, uh, 2000. Okay, and then when were and then when did you get involved with the new pornographers? Uh, about a year later. Okay, in 2001, so pretty mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. Because I think, see, I was at the new pornographers' very first show, and it must have been 1999, mm-hmm. 1998 or 99. They played at the Good Jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard about that show. Yeah, so I have some fun. And Kurt was not on drums. It was this guy Fisher Rose on drums. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, looking back, so how did you become involved? Well, because Dan Behar didn't tour at first because he had some other things he was doing. He was always contributing to the new pornographers from the first record, but he didn't tour. So it was a kind of good for me because he got to do what he wanted to do in the studio. And then I, they needed a guitar player. So I went out and played guitar and keys for them when we toured the first record. Uh, Mass Romantic. Oh, you toured Mass Romantic? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the New Pornographers actually didn't do a whole lot of touring before I got in the band. They did They did one little swing. I, I think they might have, they can correct me on this, but they might have only done about 10 shows or something. I'll have to ask them. That'd be interesting to know. But, they, but that, like, I was with them on their first U.S. stuff, unless they went to Washington once, I think, maybe. But, um, which is kind of cool, because we have, there's a, you know, there's like eight of us who have a lot of shared history together. You know, that's like, that's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And we've been in odd situations with each other and travel <laughs> different places. You know, when you're in places with, you know, when you're in a band that long, you're in places with these people all over the world or all over the Western world. It's kind of cool. You know, it does does form some kind of bond. Yeah, for sure. No, and, and I mean... People like Carl and Blaine were some of the first people I met in Vancouver in the early 90s. So I've known them coming on, oh my God, like 25 years almost. Mm -hmm. I can't do math. But um, yeah, so knowing them from way back and seeing how the band's come into being and and has evolved and then got huge and popular. And really is, you know, uh, knowing Carl from the early 90s, he started in the band Superconductor and then Zampano, and he, everyone was always saying from the beginning, he's a genius, like, he's a genius songwriter, and he mm. just proved that to be true, right? Yeah, it's, I don't think he can write a bad song. No. Him and Dan both, I don't think they can write a bad song. Yeah, and Dan can't kind like of... Like, every song is actually interesting, no, no question. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And Dan so. kind of came out... Like, he didn't grow up in our scene. He went to high school in Richmond. But mm-hmm. he kind of appeared on the scene with this cassette that he had made of songs. And maybe he had, like, a little release, uh, We'll Build Them a Golden Bridge, which was, like, brilliant, right? Yeah. Um, and so when they came together, it was totally meant to be. So that was cool and, and great that you got involved. And I'm... And, I'm and I, think ni- I think Nico is a pretty big part of us, I'm thinking, like, not only them making the great first record, Mass Romantic, but... John, Carl, and Dan, and Kurt, and everybody, but also, um, I can't remember what I was going to say, actually. Uh, well, she kind of, her career... Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Nico, sorry, thanks for reminding me. Duh. 
Um, I think us going down to the States and everything and kind of, I kind of felt that at the time. It was like she was a draw. Mm-hmm. She was a definite draw, like to go south of the border. Yeah. I'm not sure what else was involved in us getting down there, but I think she was a big part of it for sure. And there was only six of us. It was like only. And I remember thinking like back then it was like, wow, I'm in a huge band. There are so <laughs> many people on stage. This is crazy. You know, just cause it was six and now it's basically eight, sometimes nine, you know, with another person. But, uh, now it's seen, yeah. Now that a lot of people have a lot of people on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nico. Well, she started kind of annoying, the first band, right? <laughs> uh, the first band I remember her being in was Mao, with Toby mm-hmm. um, and Cece, um, and she wore this sexy. She's always been so sexy. Um, wore this sexy nurse's outfit, and then she sort of launched her solo career. So that was that kind of happened in parallel, but she was like a little bit ahead before she joined the yeah. pornographers. So I guess she had a following <clears throat> down in the states already. She did. So yeah, good she has for a her. Much, much bigger one now, and she's still a draw. So oh yeah, good for well, her. Well, I think her solo career has grown um, tenfold, tenfold since back then. Yeah. So no, it's it's great, and you certainly put Vancouver on the map, you know. But that's funny about the the big band thing. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why don't we play a song from the New Pornographers? Do you have a favorite album? Like, so you played on everything from mm-hmm. Mass Romantic on. Yeah, I like them all. It's hard to, hard to really say. I'm the same way if I'm talking about Sabbath, too. I don't know what the, what exactly. Well, it's always obviously going to be something with Ozzy in it. But. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think my favorite is Electric Version, although mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like them all. The Challengers, I don't know if I've heard that much of because um, my CD player broke a few years ago. But I really like Electric Version, and you're on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, when did we meet, you and I? 2003 something like that yeah something like that i think my band played with your band in seattle okay 2003 and that was you must have been touring electric version at that time yeah sounds like it this song is one i've played a lot on the arts report because i like the drums i'm very keen on the drums on the song and obviously it's a great song written by carl and it's from the electric version. It's called The New Face of Zero and One. So stay tuned to CITR 101.9 FM on the Arts Report. We'll be right back. To become the new face 
The 5th Annual Vancouver Short Film Festival is looking for submissions until August 31st. From documentaries to web series, all genres are accepted from student and professional filmmakers. Keep them short. Last year, 25 films were shown and $17,000 in prizes were awarded. To enter, visit vsff.com. Radio show is brewed fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts serving sweet treats from the pop underground. Thursdays, noon to one. We're back on CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Arts Report. We're here with Todd Fancy. Woohoo! Let's step it up. So that was the New Pornographers from Electric Version. So then they've made quite a few albums over since then. We just put out our sixth record. Put out your sixth record, Brill mm-hmm. Bruisers, Monday. And so far people are saying they really, really like it. 
good as well. It's a good record. Yes. And where was it recorded? In Woodstock, New York State, and also New York State, Woodstock, and uh, out here in Vancouver at John's Studio. And uh, Greenhouse with Howard Redekop, he did drums. Howard Redekop is awesome. Uh, who? What else? Uh, so and those, Carl's built a studio in Woodstock, which is really nice. It's 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 nothing too fancy. It's just like a nice building, standing you know freestanding building from down the sort of hill from his house, and uh, that's where a lot of the stuff was recorded. It's really nice, and you know it's it's great because you'll be recording it and look outside and. You're in the surrounds of nature, and you see a deer and stuff like that when you're playing guitar or something. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So you can step outside and get some fresh air anytime. And and uh, and yeah, they worked. I mean, John was there for the whole time. John Collins, the bass player of the New Pornographers, he worked really hard on this and uh, with Carl and then everybody coming in and doing their parts. You know, we kind of do it as a bit of an assembly line thing, and then they pick through and and. I don't envy that job, but they pick through and decide what's going to go where. And with music, there's so many decisions you can make. It's, it's a little bit maddening. Mm-hmm. But the songs are great. And uh, my joke was that, and which I can say with, with humility because I didn't write any of the songs on the record, but with Carl and Dan's song on the new record, it's, I think the album should have been called Tackle Box because there's so many hooks in it. <laughs> Did you tell that joke to anybody yet? Uh, probably. <laughs> That's a good one. Speaking of production, um, you have a solo project that you've been working on since when? Mm-hmm. Oh, quite a while. I did, I did like a few years of pre-production on it, basically finding out because I learned how to. I finally wanted to learn how to do it myself, which I guess I should have done a long time ago. But you know, that's what I would recommend too: is like just get your hands on the tools and don't rely on other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I got I got my my friend. Uh, Nels to help me, Nels Breutigam, uh to help me learn Pro Tools. He got me started, and so it did take. It took a few years to learn how to get, get sounds and and decide what kind of direction I wanted for this solo record that I'm doing and stuff. So it's it's kind of wrapping up now. I'm, I've got um, Doug Nogler's helping produce it, and he, him and I did a record in 2004, just the first fancy record. So he's he's back doing that, and Sheldon Zaharko is also producing and helping with it as well. Been working with him for a couple of years, and uh, lots of great people playing on it and stuff. But anyways, yeah, I sort of come to. It took a while to come to the direction that I wanted, you know. And it's like, how do you actually make this work? Like, I built a vocal booth in my house, so I could have just more <laughs> control and stuff, right? Like more can. I didn't. I just got tired of waiting around. Like, oh, I'm gonna go in on June 26 and do a guitar part. And it's like. You'll yeah. never you'll never finish it that way. It's like let alone even this way, it's hard to finish it. But. The vocal booth is quite a behemoth quite fun um so just to clarify when did you put out the you've done two actual fancy releases now you're working on something to come out so yeah. when did the first two go uh 2004 and 2007 okay yeah i didn't do i barely did any touring or not too much promotion but um <clears throat> excuse me but uh so you know they're just they're just very very small releases obviously that a few people know about but yeah I'm having it's it's what I do it's fun it's fun to try to make a decent recording mm-hmm. it's challenging so from what I know it's a real labor of love and a passion for you doing the production it's something you work on all the time and you're always thinking about it and trying to make mm-hmm. stuff better um, yeah definitely the albums that I've heard the first two 
are really amazing and 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 kind of you know considering your metal influences or playing in the new pornographers it's a bit of a surprise that your music is actually very kind of soft rock or or pop Mm -hmm. kind of 70s influences tell me about your influences well i mean the records i like listening to the most seem to be from the 60s and 70s that are really highly produced and like generally pretty much studio musicians i'm pretty sure on most of them you know separating the metal for a minute but the stuff that i guess for what it's worth impresses me the most is just that you know the am hits in the 70s you know they 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 have a lot of derision poured on them because they're you know cheesy and stuff like that but the thing that people might be missing is that they just sound so good and the songs are so perfect and i mean they just like float into the air without any effort you know as if they're just sort of meant to be there and uh, it's amazing. I mean, I think I think a lot of a lot of it is the players that were on those records too. Mm-hmm. You know, the drummers and the bass players are, for all I know, what there weren't a lot of them playing on all those records. There's just a few, in, you know, in the talent pool in Los Angeles and stuff, and they're it's just great. And this and the vocals, you know, it's hard music to make because you're you got to make sure the vocals are pretty good and driving the song, or it's going to be kind of it's going to kind of suck. Yeah, well, give some examples. Like I know you like Captain and Tennille, right? Sure, Captain and Tennille. You know, a few songs from all of these kind of things, like Captain and Tennille or England Dan and John Ford Coley. Um, there's a lot of stuff. There's, a, there's too much to mention. But, I mean, just your basic radio fare of the 70s. Is, that's, I like listening to that stuff. And the country, too. The country is, is, is well-produced back then. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, well, let's play a couple from... Well, one from your self-titled album, Fancy, from 2004 a favorite of mine i sang on it um and actually yeah i remember they were going to use it in a movie um but it didn't work out but it's a great song and then you ended up doing some tv show stuff and we'll talk about that after we come back let's see let me bring it up here And I'm going to talk about, here we go, Carry Me. This is such an awesome song. And uh, it's very fun and sunny. So here we go, Carry Me.
we're back on the Arts Report with Todd Fancy from the New Phonographers. Their album, Brill Bruisers, just came out on Monday. So we were talking about Todd's solo project, Fancy, and that was his song, Carry Me, from his self-titled album. Then he did another one, Schmancy. And somewhere along the line, I think after that, you got asked to do a segment for what TV show? The Office. Yeah, The oh, that was Office. Cool. It was cool. So t- I know we're both big Office fans. Tell me. That's how I got the gig. I know uh, my friend Allison Schneider in... What are you pointing at? Your hand that's over your mouth. Well, okay. I, I'm my friend Allison Schneider, who works for Universal, and she, uh, I was just hanging out with her, and I just told her how much I love The Office, because I didn't expect the US one to be as good. A lot of people, I think, had the same thing. But then you realize it's, it's amazing. And anyways, yeah, and then she just offered... Uh, it came through that they're looking for a song that is part of the script for the dinner party episode in season four. It's a really good episode. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. But it took a long time to figure out, like, well, I think there was a couple other people who had songs submitted. So that did kind of, <laughs> that kind of squeezed out some of the, the joy of the whole thing because it took like a year and a half to find out if they're going to use it because they also had a writer's strike right in the middle. Right. But then then they did, and it's, and it's awesome to be, somehow be a part of that. I mean, I don't know how good it sounds, but I'm glad... Uh, I'm glad they asked me because I love that show. Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, it's just brought me so many hours of laughter and uh, such a great show. Do you want to explain a little bit how the song worked into the script of the dinner party? Yeah, it's um, it was written by um, Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupinski. They wrote the lyrics. The producers on the show, The Office, and they basically um, it's Jan, who's Michael's you know, love interest in the season four. She's basically, uh, Hunter is singing her, she's putting a CD in, it's her personal assistant, this hot young guy, Hunter, who's sort of singing a love song to her. And it kind of outs her to Michael, who's, you know, played by Steve Carell, who's in the room listening to it. It's really funny. And they play the song quite a bit through the episode, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, at the end, they, well, it's great, because I remember watching it the day it aired. I think you were actually on tour or something. And this this feeling of this, it was just a great episode where they're at this dinner party. It was super awkward, like Michael and Dwight and this awkward dinner party. And Jan's really drunk and she puts on this CD and she starts doing this really awkward drunken dance to it. And um, and then at the end, they have this kind of romantic montage of the different characters as they go (laughs) about the rest of their evening. And I'm like, wow, that's Mm -hmm. Todd's song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was great. A great career highlight for sure. So tell me what you're doing now with Fancy. I'm just trying to finish three songs that I'm going to put out in some one form or the other. And my friend Jillian Cole has done this really cool artwork for it. Um, it's kind of a little bit of an ode. I don't know. It's kind of a bit of a cross between the AM 70s stuff and the uh, an ode to the satanic metal. But it's not very satanic, but maybe just a little bit. So, yeah. So you're putting out a CD or tell me... Um, no, just, I'm not sure, actually. No, definitely not. Ugh, I hate CDs. I don't want to put out a CD. Either, either vinyl or maybe a booklet or, or just put them online or something. I don't know. But I'm, I'm almost finished those, and then I'll probably probably finish the whole record, which is 10 songs, I hope, in the early new year or maybe at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Good. Excellent. And so tell me sort of what's coming up with the new pornographers in terms of what you guys have coming up immediately as part of the Okay, well, we're release. going to Edmonton tomorrow, and then we're going to play a festival there. Sonic Boom Festival, and then Halifax, Sand Jam. Then we're going to go to New York and do some promo, and if Mr. Letterman 
will still have us. We're going to play on his show for the fourth time on September 3rd. And then we're going to play the Brill Building um, in New York, which is... Really? Yeah. Let's, now, this whole concept of Carl's, I don't know everything about it yet, but Brill, Brill Bruisers is, I think, in some interesting ways connected to the Brill Building where all this songwriting got done. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a famous, you know, uh, where they crank out all this kind of commercial music and, and stuff and great music, too, of course. Uh and so we're going to play the Brill Building, I think, on like Thursday next week or something like that, right after Letterman the next day. And we're going to, uh, NPR is going to broadcast it in the, in the United States. Um, and then we're going to go play Detroit, some like a one-off show, which would be awesome. And we love playing there. And then Toronto, there's two shows in Toronto, which is cool. And then we're going to come home. Then we're off for a while. It's all, I don't know. I can, yeah. Not, well, that's a pretty packed and exciting. And that's of just weeks. the beginning. That's just the beginning. October, November, the full-on uh, North American dates. Mm-hmm. And is Nico going out with you? Oh yeah, good. Nico's definitely going out. And with us. She's very, she's very prominent on the new record, and and Dan will be there. Dan is playing with us a lot these days, which is awesome. Excellent. Well, how about we play another one from the new pornographer's new album, Brill Bruisers. Um, this one's called War on the East Coast. It's a really great video. I think it's, it's it's filmed in East Van, isn't it? No, it's in L.A., actually. I was wondering, actually. I was mm. like, is this East Van or L.A.? Wow, that's cool. They've made it. They're making a video in L.A. War on the East Coast, the new pornographers. <laughs> Last night I dreamt Vancouver dressed up in the ocean Last night I dreamt Victoria drowned in the ocean The ride of a lifetime The rites of spring of a lifetime The ride of a lifetime The rites of spring of a lifetime
Hey, we're back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm here with Todd Fancy from the New Pornographers, so we're just kind of heading into the last few minutes. Mm -hmm. Hey, Blaine Thurier has a new film. It's going to be at the Toronto Film Festival. It's called Teen Lust. That's right, and actually we covered it on this show not too long ago. There was a special screening at Capilano University, and I went and saw the film, and it's amazing. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, he's yeah he's he knows how to do it. He does. He really does. It's fantastic, and I know it's going to go over well. At the, so, is that actually while you're in Toronto? I think so. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good timing. Oh, it's going to be a really fun time for you guys. Yeah, it's it's a blast for sure. And there's some really good actors. The young high schooler Neil, mm-hmm. played by Jesse Carrere, it was is really good in it, along with Carrie Elwes, who was um, from The Princess Bride. So yeah, excellent. And so we talked about Fancy, Todd's solo project, two albums plus one piece of work happening. Mm -hmm. So three song release, and then you're going to do a full album after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, A lot of touring coming up with the new pornographers. The album's going over well so far. Todd, you have a lot of interests outside of music that we didn't get to talk about. But I know you love history. You Mm -hmm. love popular culture like Howard Stern. Anything... You like old movies and TV? Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. So we have fun talking about that. Um, So September is a really busy time at CITR. All the students start coming back in. It's the Fringe Festival, so the art support is really tied up with the Fringe Festival. For the next two weeks, we're going to be covering the Fringe Festival exclusively. Uh, We're also doing a series of six podcasts based on different themes of plays at the Fringe Festival, so we're doing the environment, we're doing dating, we're doing um, failure, we're doing science fiction, and a few other ones, and I really want to shout out to the people that have agreed to make podcasts, so Matt Granlund, Danielle Piper, James Connell, my co-host Rohit, um, Naz, who I haven't met yet, but it's going to be doing more coverage for us, and there's another person... Megan, Megan Thomas from CGSF is going to help us out with that too. We're also live broadcasting from the French Festival. That's going to be happening on Monday, September 9th. Um, so stay tuned for that. But it was really great to have you on, Todd. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Yeah, and good luck. Like It was great to really kind of hear all about how the trajectory of your music career has gone over the years. And uh, I know you're going to have a great time on tour. Thank you very much. It was really fun. So we're going to close off with a song um, that's a favorite of Todd's and is a favorite of mine also. Oh, but it has the real drums, not the Sharon Osbourne lawsuit drums. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, they went back and replaced the first two Aussie albums after he left Black Sabbath. They went back years ago and replaced the drums and bass just so they wouldn't have to. I don't want to say anything bad about Sharon and and Aussie, but I don't know what happened. But anyways, the bass and drums got replaced and... Now they've gone back to putting the real ones there because Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake are the uh, are the bass player and drummer, respectively, on the first two Ozzy albums with Randy on guitar, and they're amazing, and they shouldn't be replaced. Okay. Yeah, I've, I remember the guitar solo was really good. So they took out the Randy Rhodes guitar solo? No, no, not they didn't take out Randy. They just okay. took out the drums and bass. Okay, okay. Well, let's... If they took out Randy, there would have been a national <laughs> revolution. 
<laughs> a state of emergency. This is going to be one of the songs they play at my funeral. Flying high again. Thank you for tuning in to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We're back next week covering the Fringe Festival. So stay tuned and have a good week.